0: And welcome to the Fiber Broadband Association's Fiber for Breakfast. We're now in our 28th episode of 2021. In Washington, positive momentum continues on the administration's infrastructure package. It appears that the Senate Democrats have reached an agreement on a 3.5 trillion dollar plan, and President Biden is going to be having lunch with the Senate Democrats to discuss how to advance this emerging legislation. The Fiber Broadband Association, along with Encompass, NTCA, EFF. NRECA and Public Knowledge will be issuing a statement tomorrow, calling for faster, future-proof broadband as Congress works through the final details of the $65 billion broadband infrastructure bill. So, speaking of positive momentum, we are now 11 days away from the start of the FiberConnect conference, which will begin on July 25th to 28th in Nashville. Earlier this week, we surpassed all previous conference registration records. So this year's uh, in-person event will definitely be our biggest and best conference ever. So if you haven't registered yet, please do so because you're not going to want to miss it. Today's Fiverr for Breakfast session is going to be a little different from our regular format. Um, NTIA will be discussing their National Broadband Availability Map, MBAN, and will be demoing their indicators of broadband need map. Today, our topic is, have we finally solved the national broadband mapping issue? And again, good morning and welcome everybody. I'm Gary Bolton, the President and CEO of the Fiber Broadband Associations. You know, last week we met with Kevin Cantwell of Big River Communications to discuss how a sleepy little community in Southwest Missouri is going from being the gateway to the Ozarks to becoming the gateway to the world with fiber broadband. Joining us today is Tim Moyer, NTI's Director of Data and Mapping, and Sarah Ballou, NTI's broadband specialists will be discussing interactive mapping that NTI makes available to state governments and federal partners called NBAN. And they'll be providing a demo of the indicators of broadband need map that is available to the public. You know, I just seen the, the chart for the first time that has everybody's picture and I'm, I'm looking, I'm thinking from a happiness meter, Sarah wins, Tim comes in a close <laughs> second and I, I need to work on my happiness smile. Uh, I definitely got, that's great smiles guys. Um, So Tim Moyer is the Director of data uh, Data and Mapping for the National Telecommunications and Information Administration's Broadband USA program. Mr. Moyer leads NTIA's National Broadband Availability Map, NBAN program, and provides program management and data analytics support for NTIA's Broadband USA program. Previously, Mr. Moyer managed a portfolio of infrastructure grants as part of the Broadband Technology Opportunity Program, BTOP and he's an expert in project and program management he has more than 18 years experience managing telecommunications projects before ntia uh, tim worked at sprint nextel as the director of uh, project management corporate development and spectrum management sarah blue is uh, a broadband specialist with ntia with over 20 years in data networking um, with roles ranging from sales to engineering management and operations sarah joined NTIA's broadband usa team in early 2021 where she leveraged her experience as an industry liaison. This experience includes new business development for fiber startups, um, as in uh, Arcadian Infocom. And before that, she managed carrier services at Viasat, a global satellite ISP. There, her primary roles to deploy fiber networks in support of global programs. Prior to that, Sarah spent time with Level 3 Communications, where she wore hats in leadership, sales, product, um, sales engineering and product management specializing in dark fiber, lit transport, um, co-location and cloud and internet. She's built roadmaps, executive calling plans and business reviews for customers in research and education, wholesale content and financial verticals. So welcome Tim and Sarah. For our audience today, please type in any questions as you go. This is gonna be more of a demo format. So I'll be looking at the questions and uh, we'll interject those um, as much as possible and do some Q&A at the end. So with that, I'd like to turn it over to Tim and Sarah. Excellent. Sarah, do you have anything to say first? No, I just want to say thank you, Gary. Thank you for giving us this opportunity.
1: Yes, Ditto. We appreciate everybody's time and interest here. There's a PowerPoint that's going to provide some takeaways for you, um, but, and the link to the actual uh, website. But here's our Indicators of Need map. I'll start off by saying, though, that um, the Indicators of Need map is our first public-facing map. It was derived from the uh, the NBAM or the National Broadband Availability Map program, uh, which was part of the uh, Consolidated Act of uh, Appropriations Act of 2018. So the NBAM itself is a secure, cloud-based GIS platform, it allows for the visualization and analysis of uh, federal, state, and commercially available data sets. It's got a mix of public and non-public data, and it's designed to use by uh, state and federal uh, broadband policymakers. We have enter into agreements. Uh, with the states and our federal agencies, Uh, and and the whole goal is to better inform uh, broadband policy and investment decision-making. So the combination of that public and non-public data makes that uh, GIS platform, the NBAM, we can't share it with the public, Uh, and so the Indicators of Need map is is our first attempt at uh, bringing something to the public. And so this interactive map was designed to bring multiple third-party data sets together to help the public better understand basically the digital divide and the connection between poverty and broadband access or use. And so, what I'm gonna do here is I'm gonna kind of navigate you through um, the mechanics of the website, and then um, I'll dig into some of the details. So, when you first get here, you get this nice little splash page, and turn that off. This is based off of Esri's um, ArcGIS online software capabilities. So, a lot of this is basically COTS commercial off the shelf stuff. Um, Here, we've got our layers. I'll dig into these a little bit. Uh, We start off with um, county-level data, census-track-level data, and some, uh, if we scroll down a little bit here, we'll see the census block-level data. Down here, we thought it was important to have some other information uh, from census. Uh, We've got some poverty information. We've got some minority-serving institutions and tribal lands. Pay attention to here when we dig in this in a little bit. It's really interesting to see a correlation that we see here. And then as we start digging in, keep an eye down here. This is more from a GIS perspective. As we zoom into the map, you'll see that the level of geography will change. And so you'll know where, what level you're at. It was important to us to bring in multiple data sets. And we certainly recognize that there's no silver bullet data set that's out there that's gonna tell us everything we need to know. And so it's the combination, the layering of data. And so from the crowdsource data perspective, we wanted to bring in um, a variety of, of crowdsource. So Microsoft, uh, they have um, basically machine to machine. So when we're all asleep at night, if you have a Microsoft product, your computer downloads uh, system updates. Microsoft can measure the speed. Measurement Lab, M Lab, they they capture uh, speed tests. We have both of those data sets at the county level. Ookla, another speed test vendor, we're able to capture at the census tract level. Uh, good news is we're actually in the process with our version 2.0. We're gonna get this down to the census block level for apples to apples compare with the um, with the uh, FCC 477 data. So look to that in the in the near future. And then we have some ACS data that we think is interesting. Uh, the ACS, uh, the census is American Community Survey, very robust survey um, we have information on whether or not folks report that they have access or whether or not they have a computer device. We go over here to the about section. We've got all sorts of information about the map, why it was designed an important disclaimer if oh, i'm trying to scroll down and i'm highlighting uh, the data is as is so ncia did not generate this data we are collecting data from other sources that's actually one of the uh mandates that congress uh, set for us in the 2018 uh, appropriations act we're to work with existing data and so we work with federal and state sources we also can buy data so we bought some commercial data for example the UCLA data uh, but we can't go out and generate new data ourselves and then there's some information here about uh, the actual underlying data sets. We thought it was very important to be very transparent. So not only do we have visualizations here that you can look at online, but you can actually download uh, the aggregated uh, data that supports this map and do your own analysis. We thought that was very important. And then we wanted to provide links here to the original sources so you could learn about those data sets. Over here in the corner, we've got a a step-by-step user guide, and we also have an FAQs that can help inform and we've got a mailbox also, the NBAM uh, at NTIA.gov that you can email to uh, ask any questions. So going back here, we'll see again, the layers, we have our legend here. And so the goal here was to show uh, areas that had an indicator of need in red, areas that uh, did not have an indicator of need in green, and then gray for areas that didn't have data. And if we scroll down a little bit here, uh, we see that um, when we go into the minority-serving institutions, we've broken out by color here and we're also showing tribal. What happens with the MSI that gets interesting is that over here, we have a filter. If we go back to this MSI layer right here, if we wanted to turn, I'm going to turn all these other layers off for now, and say we want to turn on the poverty layer, and so we can see census is telling us the poverty information here, we can turn on the MSIs, and you're going to see a Strong correlation between poverty and where minority serving institutions are but if you were interested in just a specific one say for example we've got the new tribal program we're looking at we could look at the TCUs and see that we could go back here and drop in tribal lands and then start seeing the correlation between tribal colleges tribal lands and um, poverty if we wanted to go back here and look at historically black colleges and universities. We know that NTIA, for example, has the connecting minority community programs that we're standing up right now. And so again, we can see this strong correlation between poverty and um, where the where the uh, minority serving, specifically the uh, HBCUs are located. So we find that very interesting. And then if you're a, a GIS uh, expert or a person who's more familiar with this, if you wanted to, you could change the base map and stuff like that. So we wanted to provide some capabilities there. So I'm going to turn the filters back off I'm going to go back here and turn these back off and then I'm going to start with our 477 data and so it's important here to understand you want to look at a layer independently but then you also want to see what the layers tell you and so what we've done here is this layer we've taken the 477 data and we know that there are challenges with the methodology as far as if any anybody in the census block is served that whole block is served which can result in some overstatements and availability in these large census blocks. So we flipped the switch and we said, OK, let's look at where the service providers are reporting in 477 that they don't have 253. We can kind of take that to the bank. And so that's kind of our starting point here. And so we look here and the areas in red are areas where the service providers in 477 indicate no 253. So now we can look at maybe a Microsoft usage data at the county level. And we click that on. And we can see where, where it got more red, it reinforced the 477 data. And where we see new red, it's where the downloads maybe suggest that uh, that area is not getting 25.3. Similarly, we can see with the MLab data a similar effect. And so it reinforces where 477 said there wasn't, 25.3, but also highlighted some areas that potentially need to be looked at. And again, I mentioned there is no silver bullet data set. These are indicators of need. They inform the conversation. They are not determinate. But it certainly tells us a little bit more than the 477 by itself. And so then if you look at them together, again, at the county level, we can see this reinforcement. What gets interesting here with the speed test data for UFLA, we go down a level. And we're now at the census tract level. I'll be fascinated to see what this looks like when we're at the census block level. And I'll take a step back and remind you about the NBAM itself. I mentioned that uh so we've got uh four four or five layers here in the NBAM we have 380 data sources and and services from 50 plus uh sources 2.8 terabits of data what's really interesting about that ukla data that we purchased is that we have drill down capability to 100 square meter pins, which uh again that's not for the public map the public map is just to get a a better understanding. It's the NBAM itself that's designed for our state and federal policymakers to, to help inform uh, better decisions. But again, it's not determinant. We work with USDA. And as USDA, in their reconnect process, they use the NBAM uh, to help highlight, for example, you can see drilling down uh, to 100 square meters within a census block that's uh, considered served 25 3, the whole block, and they can find those pockets. They actually put boots on the ground and they go investigate. And so, Again, one of the concerns that um, the, the crowdsource data is not determinant and results in decision making, but it informs the discussion and, and tells us where we need to peel back the onion a little bit more and, and, and investigate to see, huh, these areas aren't eligible for funding right now. Could they be? Should they be? And then if we put all of them on together, you kind of get a sense of, again, the, the darker it is, the more indicator of need, and the lighter it is and one of the questions we've gotten uh, in our in our mailbox and, and directly to our public affairs was when when a service provider saw red an area that they thought was served our first recommendation is to turn all of the uh, indicators of need off and simply look at your 477 data that is your self reported data to confirm uh we had one the other day and we confirmed yes it is green from the self reported data it's the indicators of need that are suggesting and it doesn't suggest that it's necessarily an infrastructure issue. It may be a digital inclusion issue. We we know that this is both infrastructure and use. And some communities don't use internet uh, the way that others do. And so um, it's not pointing a finger to say there's no infrastructure. It's pointing a finger to say, we've got to look into this area more because there certainly are question marks. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put the speed test and I'm gonna put the uh, 477 on. And then I'm gonna show you how you can actually drill down. All this we've been seeing is at this macro level, but we have uh, the ability to search in. I'm gonna go look at East Carroll Parish. And again, I mentioned to keep an eye down here where you see uh, the the, the levels that we're zooming at. I'm gonna go to East Carroll Parish. This is being recorded, so now my my lack of spelling is gonna be forever recorded. Let's see here, East Carroll Parish. And it's gonna zoom in. Then I'm gonna hit this zoom here, and you'll see that we're still at the county level and i'm gonna get a pop-up and it's going to tell us at this census track level 47 percent of households indicate they don't have access we've got uh 44 say they don't have a computer device and Ookla speed test indicates basically 10-5 um, it doesn't matter what indicators are turned on here the pop-up sticks at the level of granularity that you're looking at um, i actually zoomed in a little bit farther than i had to so I'm going to zoom back out again and see if I can get back to county level it'll take a second here to render let's go home I'm going to go back and look at East Carroll Parish this time I'm just going to click and get my pop-up there is my county and so you see here this time at the county level because we have more county level data level data we have more pop-up information again it doesn't matter what's toggled on or off all the information is there and as we zoom in. We can see we've got a few counties that we can look at. We'll zoom in a little more. We're at the track level. We're going to zoom in a little more. I'm operating off of a Citrix virtual environment, so sometimes that can cause a lag here. You see we're still at the track level. We want to get us down to uh, the census block level. There we go. And now I'm going to click the pop-up, and you'll see that we have both block information and track information, because those are highlighted. Another interesting thing, so this is all visualization, and we don't have print capabilities, so you would basically have to zoom into an area of need, click a pop-up, and then do a print screen, but we do have the ability to download the underlying data. So for example, we can go to this county CSV. It's gonna take you here, bring this up, click here, and we'll see here that we've got, I'm gonna put a, actually, I need to get to my, Filtering capability here. There we go. Had to move some things around here. Go to filter, we can go to Louisiana, Hit OK, and we can go to East Carroll. And all the data that you saw visualized is now available right here. And so we can see if we open this up a little bit, all the information there. And so that was very important to us. We we wanted the public to have the same data that we had for the underlying map. Now it's important to point out, I mentioned that that NBAM has 2.8 terabits of data. The underlying raw data, for example, the 100 square meter data that we have uh, for UPLA is not presented here. We have, to, we have a contractual obligation to protect that data. So we're only presenting data aggregated at the county census tract and um, census block. You can see all this information here is, is is available for you if you wanted to use it in a different way i'm going to go back to the
0: the so tim we're here. a lot of questions i didn't know if you wanted to leave some time for some q a that's actually perfect timing because i've run through here i'm going to
1: kind of clear my screen out here and open it up
0: all right well great so one of the scary things is when you click all your filters it looks like pretty much the whole country's red what yeah, you know, FCC saying that there's 17 million unserved. Um, the Biden administration saying there's about 30 million people unserved. Um, I've seen numbers up 42 million, What I mean, my look at your map it looks like about 200 million people unserved. What what is the the real number? That's a great question. Um, it's a range. I would say that
1: the uh, me speaking as Tim Moyer um i think that like the microsoft overcounts and the and the fcc undercounts and the answer is somewhere in the middle um we're not saying that all of these areas are necessarily unserved we're saying it's an indicator of need and so it could be that there's lack of infrastructure it could be that there is a digital inclusion challenge but the bottom line i think this pandemic has shown a light that the, air, the parts of the country don't have the same access that uh, other parts do and so this is a an attempt to highlight that and and start the conversation and um when we look at uh I, I broadband now did a survey i think they've got like 43 3 million the biden administration said thirty thirty million 30 million plus uh the fcc is under that The microsoft's over that the bottom line is there are people that don't have internet that need it and I, I think we can all kind of agree that uh it's probably somewhere in the middle i would hope that we could, we could all agree
0: so i got a question here on you know, how can we use the new NTIA um, broadband map to determine eligible locations for the NTIA broadband infrastructure grant? Because any unserved or underserved location in the census block is considered eligible, but the maps don't seem to provide us a count of those locations. Conversely, the FCC's 477 data shows census block has served if only one location is reported served um, by the data submitted. So, looking for some help. So, it is problematic. Uh, This map here, the the indicators of
1: broadband need, is not designed for that level of decision-making. It is a a public tool to help uh, the public better understand the digital divide. The NBAM itself is the tool that NTIA will use for our own grant programs. USDA is a federal partner, so they're in there. And I'll I'll point out that um, just a few weeks ago on June 25th, and we've always been working with FCC and NTIA and, and USDA, but we signed a formal agreement to an interagency agreement. Um, In fact, later on today, I've got a call, we have got a regular weekly call with uh, senior leadership from uh, all three agencies to discuss exactly that question about how as federal agencies, do we make sure we're not funding the same areas, but also factoring in overbuild with where industry is. And so the the NBAM, um, for example, the way we intend to use it would be, uh, plan-funded service areas, and then bringing in applications uh, for review, looking at the plan-funded service areas against other plan-funded service areas from, from other federal agencies, uh, seeing where industry data is. And so it, it's a process that we're working through right now. We have four federal partners. We're in talks with others. We have 37 uh, state partners now. Um, and so we continue to grow the, um, the federal and state partnerships. Uh, We continue to grow the NBAM. When we first started back in 2018, so we stood up the NBAM in uh, September of 2019 with eight state partners uh, and no federal partners and very little data. And since then, we've grown to, I mentioned, uh, 380 data services and layers from 50-odd sources, 2.8 terabits
0: of data. So we've got a lot of data there. Uh, The challenge is
1: getting that subsensus block granularity.
0: So uh, I've got a bunch of questions on ACS. So it says, what does ACS percentage households without internet access mean?
1: So when you look at that survey,
0: when people asked, uh, were, were asked do they have access,
1: uh, it's how they answered it. It's not 100% whether or not it's an infrastructure play either. There may be that they didn't sign up. And so um, we've actually been talking about that uh, behind the scenes with the various legislations that are coming down the pipe uh, of that. So it, it, again, it, it's, not, um, it's not 100% indicative. But it is an indicator of need where communities are self-recording that they don't access. Yeah, whether right. they interpret that as a service provider is not there or whether they don't sign up, there's a little bit of both in there.
0: Yeah, another question basically, I point out the same thing. That seems that ACS is more of an indicator of households who choose not to have Internet versus where they have Internet connectivity to their house. It could be. And again, this is why we
1: uh, reiterate that this is not all about infrastructure.
0: This public map was designed
1: to identify or or help shine a light on the digital divide on both access and use. And you saw like with the poverty data, uh, there's a significant correlation in some areas. So um, it it isn't just about where infrastructure is, it's about where people are not accessing the internet. And what we as as federal agencies can do to target that and whether that is a, an infrastructure play or whether that's a digital inclusion play about the funding that needs to go in to, to help those areas.
0: So I got also a question here. So if the NTIA map shows a need in a certain location despite what 477 data says, does that mean the location is likely eligible for an NTIA infrastructure program? It means that it's likely eligible for further
1: investigation to see why, if it actually truly is eligible. And so we're gonna use a variety of sources. Um, We know, for example, take a large census block, and it's got um, some population density in one area, but the rest of the census block um, doesn't have 25.3. The 477 data will indicate binary, zero sum, yes or no and that whole census block is not eligible and so what we're looking for is those broadband availability gaps in that census block that says okay the infrastructure is here but it's not there and if it's not in the in the rural areas of that census block what can we do to highlight where it isn't so that we can target funds there we certainly as a federal agency do not want to overbuild industry we don't want to duplicate funds with um other federal agencies it actually we, we, we not only do we not want to do that, it's not a good use of funds, and it's against our, our directives. So our goal is to, to peel back that onion. And again, I mentioned USDA, they actually get boots on the ground. They, do, they, go, they go check it out themselves. And so
0: federal agencies
1: um, take this very seriously.
0: Well, listen, um, we got a ton of questions here. So, um, you know, we'll send those to you, Tim and Sarah, and maybe we can get those answered offline. But I um, really want to thank be- you guys for joining us today and really appreciate what NTIA is doing to improve our nation's broadband mapping You know, to advance you know, digital equity across rural America. Uh, next week, we're going to be discussing fiber access market trends, why PON is set for rapid growth in North America with Jamie Lenderman, the senior analyst of service provider networks at Omdia. Um, what was really great is I had a call with Omnia last week and they were telling me that they have Significantly increased their pond forecast since February, so it looks like this big fiber investment cycle is. Uh, we're starting to really see that across the, not only in North America but across the globe. Um, so you're not going to want to miss that on listening to Jamie and seeing what her forecasts are for fiber in the home, and uh, what we're seeing is a lot of 10 gig symmetric pond going out there. So you're not going to want to miss that. So thanks again for joining us today. Thank you, Tim and Sarah, for joining us. And we'll look forward to seeing you guys next week when we get together with Jamie and talk about all this pond we're going to be deploying. Thanks, guys.